City First Church family. Happy New Year, everyone. It is good to see all of you here at church, and it's good for those who join us online for you guys to be a part of it also. We are honored that you are here. Come on, give it up for Cape Coral. Give it up for God Behind Bars that's joining us right now, City First Anywhere, and we say hello from the Spring Creek State Line location. Well, New Year. Happy New Year. Well, New Year means that we have a chance for a new season. I realize some of you are making some New Year's resolutions. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I've heard lately a lot of people kind of like give some scrutiny about New Year's resolutions because the data does show that most New Year's resolutions are broken or dropped sometime within the first month or so of the year. So some people are like, why even make New Year's resolutions? Well, I, I actually disagree. I actually think that you should set some goals for this year because what's the alternative? To do nothing, right? To just, in a sense, keep with the status quo. Uh, I, just, I just think that it's okay for you guys to set some goals, and I want to do that too. And so today, what we're going to do is we're getting a brand new series, and the series is going to talk about how to achieve some goals in 2022, important ones, ones that are maybe goals to have a better relationship with God or with your spouse or your friends or family, or maybe it is to somehow improve in your career path or whatever. We want to talk about that during this series in January, and it kind of reminds me of this verse. This whole idea of new reminds me of a verse that's found in the book of Lamentations, which I realize is kind of an obscure book in the Old Testament, but it's a powerful verse, and probably you've heard this verse before if you've grown up in church, and it's found in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So I think that's awesome. First of all, you got to remember that, that God's love for you and his love for me never ceases, all right? And then it goes on to say, his mercies never come to an end. In fact, they are new every morning. Now, some of you are beginning to recognize this first. His mercy is new every morning, not just on January 1, but every morning he has new mercy for you. And then it goes on to say, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. So meaning this, that God's love and his mercy, what's the word mercy mean? Not getting what you deserve. How many of you are glad that you didn't get what you deserve, right? My hand is up on that. All right, God's mercy and his love is new every single morning. It reboots, you could say, every morning, and he is faithful. So I just want us to remember that. At the beginning of a new year, not only is it something that we get new mercy, but we get new mercy tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that, and he loves you in an unceasing way. Um, on my days off, I'm a little bit strange this way, a little weird. I actually don't like relaxing necessarily on my days off. Um, I actually like fixing things and building things. Um, like, I know some people like to just stay in their PJs and watch Netflix all day. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit, like, too hyperactive. I got to be doing something. And so many times I will build something or I'll fix something around the house. And I have this ongoing list of things to do that just never seems to end of stuff that I need to do on my days off. Well, I'll get something done, and when I'm done with the project, Jen will many times look at me and say, I have no idea how you figured that out. How did you do that? And I'm like, yeah, you're that lucky. Isn't that amazing? Uh, <laughs> after she rolls her eyes. Uh, she doesn't know my secret, though. See, I have a secret, and the secret is this, YouTube, all right? 
YouTube can teach you how to do about anything. In fact, uh, my middle child, Connor, literally is self-taught on guitar from YouTube. And right now, he's at college majoring in music all because he learned on YouTube how to play the guitar. So you can learn about anything. There's all these how-to videos. So this month, we're calling it How To in 2022. How To in 2022. And you can think of it this way. You can think of it as this is a, uh, a YouTube video t- for your life this month. Every weekend, I'm going to be talking about another way that you can improve your life, your relationship with God, your career, your marriage, your relationships, your finances. I'm going to give you overarching principles so you can kind of consider it as like watching a YouTube video on how to make better decisions, to improve your results, how to overcome. You see, in the very first step I want to take this, in, this, in this YouTube video you could say that we're having this month is this. The very first step to a better you is honesty. Honesty. Today I want to talk about honesty. In fact, I'm entitling it Honest to Goodness. Now, some of you might remember that idiom. Maybe it was your grandpa who said it. Honest to goodness. You know, like someone would be like, this is an honest to goodness price. It means this, that's fair It's not fake, it's authentic, it is not inflated or deflated, it is true. So, honest to goodness. And what I really want us to realize is this, is that if we want to have a better life, we need to be honest. In other words, we cannot fake that we want a better life, we need to really want it, okay? We can't just give it lift service, we need to really want it. So, honesty brings goodness, Honesty brings goodness. And I want us to realize this, that we want to move from honest to goodness in the next five weeks. Because the goodness of life is always found on the other side of honesty. But here's our problem. I'm going to say something that you might disagree with. In fact, it might even kind of offend you a little bit. But here's the problem that 10 out of 10 of us have. We are not honest. (laughs) We're not honest. I know some of you are like, I'm offended by that. I'm actually pretty honest. I don't lie. Well, I would say that you maybe don't lie much. But all of us are dishonest to some degree. And and, and stick with me. Okay, stick with me. And here's the reason why. Because the easiest person to deceive, the easiest person to lie to is yourself. We always do it. We do it from time to time. It is called rationalization. And we all rationalize from time to time, some of us more than others, but there is not one of us in the house that has not rationalized even in the last week. All of us will rationalize. And sometimes it's really hard to be honest with yourself because we don't want to face the facts or the truth sometimes in life. And we all do it. In fact, I found this picture earlier this week, and I thought this is a great depiction of lying to yourself. Here's a picture of a McDonald's in China, all right? So you can eat your Big Mac, and you could also be on an exercise bike at the same time. I'm like, this is a picture of self-deception right here, all right? In fact, some of you are rolling your eyes, and you're like, oh, that's why I don't go to McDonald's. And I would say this, kind of like the comedian Jim Gaffigan says, no one admits going to McDonald's but they sell six billion hamburgers a day. And there are 350 million people in our country, and I'm not a calculus teacher, but I would say someone's lying, right? Like no one walks into McDonald's 
innocently. We all go in there knowing that the food is high in calories and high in fat content, probably not the best for us. There's a big golden M over the restaurant. We are not mistakenly walking into any restaurant. We know it's McDonald's, and it even has a clown as its spokesperson. Here's the thing. When we walk in there, we don't walk in and go, oh, I thought this was a Whole Foods market, but rather we know what we're getting into, right? But we said to ourselves, ah, just this time, because the Big Mac tastes so good, or that quarter pounder with cheese, right? But I will tell you, just like the great theologian Shakira once said, the hips don't lie. And I will tell you that someday you do it enough, <laughs> and you will have consequences. See, but we rationalize. We rationalize. We're like, ah, it's okay. It's okay. This one time, right? But we do it about a bunch of things. It's not just what we eat. Sometimes it's like saying, well, you know what? I need this new sweater. We use the word need, not want. I need this new sweater. But we have already sweaters that are perfectly fine, but they're last year's style, right? We need a new one. Or maybe we go, well, I don't need to really work out today or maybe the day after that or this week or this month or whatever. We start to rationalize. I'm okay. I'm okay. Or maybe we go, you know what? Maybe claiming that small amount, maybe I'll omit that on my taxes. The IRS really they doesn't care about that anyway. They're never going to find out. We begin to rationalize that it's okay. Or maybe this, maybe that we say, well, I don't need to work really hard at the office because no one's working really hard. I mean, why am I busting my you-know-what and everybody else is kind of just slouching around? I don't need to work hard. We start to rationalize. Or I could flirt a little bit, even though I'm married or that other person is married. We're just having fun. It's not going to hurt anybody, right? I know some of you want me to go back to the McDonald's jokes, right? Because <laughs> it's getting heavy in here. But this is where we live. We live in real-life situations where sometimes we will rationalize. And we think to ourselves, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But then, unfortunately, many times... We find ourselves at a place in life, in some circumstance, or maybe even a consequence, and we ask ourselves these questions. How did this happen? How did I get here? Well, here's the truth. If we're going to be honest, we know exactly how we got there. We got there by blowing off common sense, ignoring the Holy Spirit, maybe tuning out the advice of others that were trying to keep us accountable or give us wisdom, and we blew them off, or maybe we just thought we could beat the odds. I mean, don't we always think we kind of live above the law to a certain degree? Oh, I know other people have gotten caught. I won't get caught. Oh, I know other people have done it, and that didn't turn out good for them, but it will turn out good for me. And you know what that's called? Rationalization. And we're not being honest with ourselves. The Bible talks about this, and here's the reason why 100% of us have this problem. It's because we have a heart. And you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, we have a heart, exactly. In fact, there isn't one person in here that doesn't have a heart. And this is what Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says about the heart. It says this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things, the most deceitful of all things. And desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is. Now, I realize that some of you today that are 
listening and you're, you're, you know, you've gone to the doctor recently and he's like, or she's like, uh, your cholesterol's a little high. And so they may have given you some medicine. Maybe you're like on an eating regimen. You know, you've got to try to avoid certain foods. Maybe you've been doing some exercise or whatever else. Why are you doing this? You're managing your cholesterol so that your heart remains healthy. Well, in the same way, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to manage your cholesterol levels so your heart remains healthy, you have to manage your honesty levels so your heart remains healthy. Because if you keep being honest, your heart remains healthy. If, it, if you start kind of rationalizing and lying to yourself, your heart starts making the wrong decisions. And I'm not talking your physical heart. In fact, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when they was ever talking about heart, the people of that day knew that meant your whole self, your decision-making self, your soul. That was called your heart, you could say. And so here's the thing. We need to manage our heart because our heart is never going to be totally fixed this side of eternity. You say, really? Yeah. Because you know what? There's still that gravitational pull to do the wrong things, to think the wrong things, to to have the wrong things, right? It's always going to be there. So the best we can do is manage our heart, and we got to manage it with honesty. And honesty helps us then not to deceive ourselves. Because, listen, when you're honest, you make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, you have fewer regrets, and you experience more of God's goodness in your life. Let me just put it this way, that if you're honest, you will have the life you desire. If you're dishonest with yourself, you will not experience what your dreams are painting for you in your mind's eye. It's really true. It all starts with honesty. Like, before I get to anything in the rest of these weeks about practically stuff to do, it just starts with being honest. And here's the reason why. No one arrives at a better tomorrow by mistake. You don't just drift into your dreams. You don't just passively accomplish your New Year's resolutions. But rather, you got to make good decisions, and you can't make good decisions if you're not honest. It's like if you're you're flying a plane and they have the altimeter. That's, the, that, that's that little device that tells you how high above the ground you are. If that's broken, you can't make good decisions on flying the plane. You're going to crash because you don't have the truth being fed to you. So here's the thing. We all must make good decisions, but to do that, we must be honest. Today's decisions show up in tomorrow's life. They really do. And so here's the thing. When we make good decisions, we got to be honest with ourselves. And, and, and I know that most of you are thinking, okay, Jerry, you've, you've already convicted me on this first weekend of January. <laughs> we're, we're in it only a couple of days, and I'm already going, okay, i got to be more honest in 2022. How to be honest in 2022. How do I do that, though? And I'm glad you asked that because it's not easy. The very first thing that you got to do if you want to start being honest with yourself is you got to tell yourself the truth because I one time heard a very wise person say the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. So you got to tell yourself the truth no matter how um, ugly the truth is, no matter how much it makes you feel uncomfortable, no matter how much it informs you of stuff that you don't want to hear or know, you got to embrace truth. You really do. And the, you know, the areas of your life that you want to improve, you've got you to ask yourself these questions. So I'm going to give you three questions today so that you can discover truth and be more honest. The first question is this. What choices did I make, big and small, that have landed me where I currently am at? 
So what decisions have it made? I want you to go backwards for a moment. Go back into your past. Go back into 2021, 2020, maybe even before that. What decisions did you make that, in a sense, led you to where you're currently at? And you try to answer these truthfully. Like, for example, you might say, well, I'm in very big credit card debt right now. Okay, you know, there's a lot of Americans that are in big credit card debt. So how did you get there? Well, I bought things, and I didn't have a plan on how to pay off the balance of my credit card every month. And after a while, it just started building up, and I started to incur more interest and, and, and things like that. And so now I'm finding myself, and I'm in over my head. Well, okay, so what decisions did you make? You made decisions to use a credit card when you didn't have the money to pay it off, right? Or maybe you dated that person because you were a little thirsty, And uh, you were a little needy. You wanted to not be alone during the holidays. And you were lonely and maybe a little bit insecure. And and so you started dating that person. You knew you shouldn't have dated him or her. But you dated them anyway. And then guess what? The whole thing kind of ended badly. And now you're dealing with all this regret. And you're picking up the pieces of your heart. And well, what did you do? What decisions did you make? Well, unfortunately, I was a little bit impetuous. And I was a little insecure and lonely. So you go back a little bit. Did you make decisions out of fear? Did you make decisions impulsively? Did you make decisions pridefully? Like people even told you, don't do that. And you're like, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Right? We all know people like this. It might be us. I know what I'm doing. I am, you know, I am the captain of my ship. I know what I'm doing. And then people are going, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you should have done that. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Now you're in a mess. So maybe it was pride. All I could tell you is you didn't land where you're at by mistake. It was a series of small decisions that got you to where you're at. And sometimes, sometimes things happen that are legitimately out of your control. Like like somebody made a decision, somebody did something, and you didn't control it, and you're dealing with, like, you know, picking up the pieces of it. Okay, that does happen. I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about the stuff that we do control. And I would even say in our life, more than 50% of our circumstances are built because of decisions we have made. So let's talk about us. We made our bed, and now we're lying in it. So the first question, what decisions did I make, big and small, that have led me to be in the circumstances that I'm at, in. And the second question is this, is what better questions do I need to ask next time? What better questions do I need to ask? What better advice do I need to gain or to listen to, right? And all of us can learn from this one because all of us many times didn't ask the right questions or the right people. And so it says here in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12, sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, but an unthinking person will ro- walk right into it and regret it later. Unthinking. I, I like that version, unthinking, because I've done that. I've been unthinking before. Have you ever been unthinking before? I've been an unthinking person. I've done things, and, and there's this old construction adage that you measure twice and you cut once. So when I'm building something, you know, I'll have a piece of plywood, let's say, or whatever, and, you know, I want it to be X, you know, inches long, and so I will take my tape measure and I'll mark it 
And then I always take the tape measure and I'll check it again to make sure my mark is right because once I cut the wood, it's permanent, right? And in the same way in life, sometimes we, we in a sense, cut twice, measure once. We, we real quickly, like, make a decision. And, and, and here's the thing. The most important decisions in life should actually have the greatest amount of pause and thinking and prayer before you make the decision. It's the difference between reacting and responding. It's the difference between having an impulse choice or an inspired choice. It's the difference between deciding based upon your feelings or upon wisdom. We've all made decisions based upon our feelings, right? I mean, all of us have. In fact, maybe even recently, someone's like, yeah, I made an emotional decision, right? We've all done it. So whenever I fix something or I build something, I will, like I said, go to YouTube or I will call somebody who's an expert. Like if I'm having a plumbing problem, I'm not an expert in plumbing. I didn't go to plumbing school, all right? So I will call a plumber friend and I'll go, all right, this is going on in, in my life right now in my house and, and, and what should I do? And they'll instruct me what to do. If I'm having problems with my truck, I'll call somebody who knows trucks. And, and so this is the thing. Many times in life, we'll call somebody when we need to fix our car, or we need to fix the wall, or we have a leak in a faucet or whatever, but we are hesitant to call anybody when we need to fix our marriage, or our career, or our finances, or most importantly, our walk with God, right? We're hesitant to do that. Why is that? Why will we call somebody, hey, help me fix my car, but we won't call somebody, hey, help me fix my soul? Because what's more important? Or man, I'm having issues right now in, in my finances. How do I get out of this? Well, I'll tell you the reason why we don't do that. We're hesitant to do that. It's this little word called pride. I heard this this week. Tim Keller, pastor out in New York, Manhattan, said this. He said, pride is the carbon monoxide of sin. You can't smell it, it just lulls you to sleep. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. I thought about this, I thought, you know, pride is the enemy of honesty. It's the enemy of honesty. Because if you're prideful, you won't be honest. So if we're to be honest, and that's what really brings change, it's the first building block of change. Well, if we're prideful, we don't even get the first building block laid right? And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, it says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Like if your head gets really big and you start to get unstable, it's a lot of motion and energy and inertia hitting that ground, right? And so all of us have had pride before. And we don't want to ask for help in these areas because we think people are going to think we're stupid or we're inept or we're weak or whatever, and we just need to find trusted others that we could say, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? This is what I know. I know about life that you either choose humility or humility chooses you. A different way to say it is this. You either are humble or you get humbled. <laughs> and life has a way of doing that, right? I mean, the older I get, the more humble I become, not necessarily because I choose to be humble. It's because life humbles you. You know, you, you come across circumstance and you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> well, I just got humbled. And so here is what I know, is that we cannot let our desire to do something stand in the way of listening to good advice about that decision. So many times we want to do something and we just want somebody to bless it, right? 
In fact, this happens all the time as a pastor, and it happens with you too. This is not just a pastor thing. It happens with you. People will come to you. They've already made the decision, and then they ask you your advice. They're like, well, I started dating this person. What do you think? And at that moment, you're kind of like, well, do I tell them, well, it's a train wreck idea. That's terrible. Or do you kind of go, well, okay. So are you asking my advice, or are you just giving me an FYI? See, I think a lot of times people come to us for advice as individuals, and they just want us to kind of like bless it, to knight them. Okay, go for it, you know, right? Or do we ask advice truly with open ears and open hands? Open hands means, here, this is the decision I have to make. I'm not hanging on to the idea of making this decision. I'm just going to open my hand. What do you think I should do? It's 50-50. See, then we could hear. We could listen, but that requires humility, and it requires honesty, right? So we need to ask better questions and embrace better advice. Lastly, third question we need to ask ourselves, what does God want for my future? Because he has a picture of how 2022 should be for you. You know, I don't know what 2022 is going to be like with the coronavirus and the economy and inflation and all the craziness and politics and world events. and There's all kinds of stuff going on. I don't know. But I know this. I know what Jesus wants me to become like in 2022. You know why? He has these words, follow me. In other words, mimic me. Imitate me. So, I have a pretty clear picture of what I should do. I should be like Jesus. That should be my New Year's resolution. I should be like Jesus. Now, am I going to fail at that? Oh, yeah, probably a thousand times this year. But I'm going to keep trying to be like Jesus. And you should too. So when it comes to life, the Creator gives us a clear picture of how our life should look and how it should work. So what does Jesus say about 2022? Well, here's a few things. Here's a few quotes, paraphrase quotes. He says this. He says that we are to love God with all of our heart. He says that we're to love our neighbor, that we're to seek him if we want to have an abundant life because he's the one that gives a life that is more abundant. He says that we're to serve others, that we're to be full of Holy Spirit power Not just relying on our own power and our own intellect and our own wisdom, but seeking his power and his wisdom. That that we're to obey his commandments. In fact, he even says it this way, if you love me, you obey me. He said this, he goes, that we're to be witnesses. He used a metaphor of salt and light. He says that he's always going to be with us. No matter what 2022 holds, good, bad, or ugly, he will be with us. He's not going to abandon us. See, there's so much more that he said. And when I start putting it through that kind of a a lens of what 2022 should be like, guess what? I should just follow Jesus. And I should try to act like him and think like him and be like him. And when I fail, I ask for forgiveness and I try again. And he gives me strength and he's going to do the exact same thing for you. So God's description for life should be your primary goal in 2022. It really should. In fact, Jesus put it this way. It's found in Matthew. He said, seek first the kingdom of God or seek the kingdom of God above all else. What's the kingdom of God? It means God's way of living. 
and live righteously. What's the word righteous mean? We don't use the word righteous a lot anymore. They did in the 50s. They were like, you're righteous. Okay, what does that mean now, right? I mean, righteous, well, it means this. Righteous means to be in right standing or in good standing with God. So seek God's way of living above all else and be in good standing with him and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need. All the other things that we stress about, all the other things that consume our lives, gives us anxiety or fear or makes us impetuous or whatever, all those things, he'll give us wisdom when we first seek him. Seeking Jesus first. So how do we do that? Well, beginning next Sunday, we are kicking off our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. I realize some of you are like going, 21 days of prayer and fasting? I've never done that in my life. That seems like climbing Mount Everest. No, I come back next week because a portion of my message, not my whole message, just a portion of it, I'm going to talk about how we can go into the next 21 days, beginning next Sunday, and that we can begin to pray and seek first God's way of living. Seek first Jesus, the person of Jesus. And I'm going to make it really, really easy where 10 out of 10 of us can do it. And we can all do it. You don't have to even necessarily fast food if you don't want to. Maybe you're fasting an activity or something else. I don't know. But listen, we could all do something. You know what I want us to do? I want us to take 21 days and go, God, this is going to set the tone for 2022. I'm going to seek you and all of the rest of 2022 will fall into place. But I'm going to seek you. It doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It means this. You have the picture of my life. And so I want to see that picture clearly. And I want to have that as my New Year's resolution. Because resolutions become a reality when right routines become a priority. So we got to pray and seek God. And even if it's for only 10 minutes a day, all of us have 10 minutes that we could seek the creator. As we close, um, seven years ago or so, I was going to go on a trip or I was going to go on a trip to to uh, another state with a bunch of pastors. We were having like a three-day kind of get-together. It was going to be a bunch of pastors from around the nation and kind of be able to talk pastor talk and be able to have accountability and those kind of things and take some time and pray and such like that. And, and uh, it had been a crazy season here at City First. And it was crazy for Jen and I in that season. We had both been very busy, traveling a lot personally uh, for, for various things. And and going 100 miles an hour. And I remember right leading up to this trip, Jen asked, she's like, is there any way you could cancel and not go? It feels like we've just been like on the go for months without days off. And, and I just don't want you to go. And I go, well, babe, I, I can't cancel at this point. I'm only a few days away. Um, in fact, I'm one of the organizers of the event. So I just can't necessarily cancel. She's like, all right. So went on this trip. And uh, about two days in, I gave her a call. And, and the tone of her voice was not let's say, happy. <laughs> the reason why is, is she explained to me that she had gone downstairs in our storage room. We have this, like, this room that we kind of just throw our junk into and shut the door and pretend it's not there. And, uh, and this storage room, she went in, and it was full of water and flooded because a pipe had broke. And, and like all of our stuff was soaking wet. And she's home alone with the kids, and, and I'm gone. And she's like, of course it had to happen when you were gone, right? And I'm like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. We'll call somebody or whatever. Well, we found, found this out, that a pipe in the back of the storage room had actually um, kind of the, 
the fitting had corroded where two pipes joined together. And it was just a drip. It was just, it wasn't a gush. It wasn't like water wasn't going gush. It was going drip, 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 just small little drip. In fact, honestly, it was an easy fix. It was not even like a bad break or anything like that. But the problem is that for two weeks, we had not gone into the storage room. So probably for two weeks, there was a drip, drip, drip that pretty soon flooded the entire room and ruined all of our stuff. And I thought about that. I thought, you know what? It's kind of like our choices. Our choices are just like today. It's just a drip. It doesn't seem like it's a big deal. And we underestimate. We underestimate the small little choices that we make every single day. It's just a drip. It's just another drip. It's just another drip. And then pretty soon, once all of these small choices have kind of, kind of like accumulated, now all of a sudden we got a mess, right? We got a mess. I thought that's exactly what happened in that room with water, but it happens every day with us. We think to ourselves, ah, oh, you know what? We rationalize. It's okay if I do this. Drip. It's okay if I do that. Drip. It's okay if I flirt. Drip. It's okay if I fudge a little bit on my taxes. Drip. It's okay if I just skip prayer for today or this week. Drip. See, it's just a drip. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a mess. So we got to be honest with ourselves. But can I flip it for a moment? And can I say that obedience is also the same principle? That obedient choices today are not too sensational. It's just a drip. And you're thinking, it's making no big deal. I prayed today. Nobody, like, I prayed. Pastor Jeremy didn't even call me and congratulate me. I made a right choice today. I I I I. I paid the money that I, you know, the taxes, I could have, I could have fudged, and instead, I reported it to the IRS, and guess what? Sam and the worship team didn't show up and sing hallelujah. Just a little drip. Drip, drip, and guess what? The same right choices will all of a sudden build the future that you want to live in. Do you hear that? In fact, the late Eugene Peterson said it this way, a long obedience in the same direction. It's choice after choice after choice that aren't that neat, that aren't that sensational. It isn't like everybody's cheering you on. Nobody's giving you a, you know, I used to call it a bozo button. No one knows what a bozo button is anymore. No one gives you a reward, right? Some of you oldies remember the bozo button. Anyway, (laughs) no one's giving you these things, right? Instead, you just quietly are obedient. But pretty soon it builds the life that you want, the life that God has pictured for you. So, my prayer for us is that right choices that are birthed in honesty become the norm for 2022. Let's be honest first. Come back next week. I'm going to give you all the other things, but let's start with honesty. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be honest. Help us to be honest people. Help us to face the facts, the truth, even admit the wrong choices, even when we don't want to. Help us to not ignore it, bury it, pretend it's not there. Lord, help us to ask these three questions so that we can be honest and make better decisions, have fewer regrets, and have a life that is truly honest to goodness the good life that we need, that we want, that we desire. Help us to do that.
the very beginning of this year and make it a habit. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just real quickly, some of you might say, I've made some poor decisions in the sense of maybe even with my relationship with God, I've drifted from him. Or maybe you might say, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. You keep talking about this relationship with Jesus, Pastor. I don't even know what you're talking about. Today, the best decision that you could make is the one that makes Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, your Savior and your Lord. And what a great way to start 2022. What a great way to start this year is to say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life. I'm asking forgiveness for all of my wrong, and I need you to be the leader of my life. If you want that, just go ahead and raise your hand and put it right back down. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Yeah, hands are up. I guarantee you at every auditorium. So go ahead and put your hand right back down. And all of us, let's say this prayer together, whether we raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand. And let's pray and realize that God is listening to our specific voices. So if you raise your hand, he's listening to you. So can you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, I come to you today and I need a fresh start, a new beginning. Forgive me for all that I've done wrong. Come into my life and be my leader, be my savior, and be my Lord. Thank you for loving me. Help me to be honest so that you can give me a good life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together for everybody that prayed that prayer. There are many that did.